Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? It's going well. Aside from, you know, a little bit of brain deadedness. Yeah, there there seems to be a little of that going on right now. I feel yeah. I feel fuzzy. What what's that about? Yeah, <laughs> I uh I had a moment of that. Well, I had about 20 minutes of that earlier this morning, <laughs> and I thought it was low blood sugar, but when it happened to you right in front of me while you were trying to record the opening, I'm like, "Oh no, that wasn't low blood sugar." <laughs> <laughs> it literally like, just right, disappeared. This is, yeah, this is going around. So you know, sometimes the way that the world lines up and the energies that run through it just take those of us who are spiritually sensitive and go, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it sucks yep. because you're, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. And then wait, where's my brain? <laughs> what? What happened? I don't know. Oh crap. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Who's in who here? Am I? Where am I? What, what happened? Where are my feet? Yes. Are those my feet? I'm not sure they're my feet. I can't feel them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those days. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 a thing. Yep. So uh, we're recording this on Friday. So, uh, you know, the Friday before it's going to air. So right. <laughs> if you had a day like this on Friday, you'll understand why now. Yes, there you go. Speaking of having days, we're going on a trip or trips or something. Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> we're not actually doing it. We're <laughs> going to talk about it. So. Okay, that still works. Yeah, it works. So we're talking about journeying. We are. So if you've ever done a guided meditation, mm -hmm. that's a form of journey. Okay. If you have not done a guided meditation, then you probably don't have a point of reference for this. But 
the upshot is we're going to talk about journeying and, and the role that it can have in your life uh, and your personal spiritual practice today. And we probably should have done this episode a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know how we missed it. It's a little late, but better late than never. And here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so the best way to think about a journey is it is a, the journey is into your subconscious and into the astral at the same time. It's a little bit of both. And it depends on how the journey goes as to whether one or the other is, is brought into focus more. But inevitably, your subconscious and unconscious stuff shows up if, it's, if there's room left for it in the journey. So when I say room left for it, there's, there's two different ways that you can journey. You can do a guided journey, which is somebody else is telling you the path to take and where to go and what to do and who you're interacting with and all that. Okay. Uh, or you can do a self-guided journey, which is you set the intention to journey. You have something on the outside that is, is keeping time for you. And we'll talk about that in a minute. And then you come back and you write down your notes to yourself. I have been to journey circles where people do self-guided journeys and there's a drummer who is holding the background space. And so we all journey out. The drummer has a set callback, which is usually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on the drum three times in a row. And then boom, one. And that's the end of the journey. That's typically how it's done in traditional journey circles. Okay. The thing that I will say about journeying is know who you're journeying with. And, and this is one of those instances where native peoples from other cultures may not be the best people to journey with if you are new. And if you've been listening to the podcast the whole time, you've probably heard this story before, but I'm going to say it again here mm -hmm. just in case you haven't heard it before or, or, you know, it was like 60 episodes and you forgot. <laughs> so <laughs> go and you forgot. And so, you know, Kathy went to an event, they had a Mayan teacher who came and led everybody into their deepest, darkest fear. And most people self-selected to something less than that. <laughs> <laughs> but one woman did not. And she got in and she couldn't get out and she was being eaten by her fear. And the native teacher did not know how to get her out because in her culture, everybody knows how to get in and out. And what do you mean you have to go get her? I don't know what that is. What, what are you talking about? And so Kathy and another person had to go in and, and pull this woman out of, uh, you know, ex extricate herself her from her fear and then pull her back out of her trance. You know, this is one of those moments where be careful who you choose. I would start off with a Westerner if you're new to this, because at least we know that there's a possibility that people won't know what they're doing and may have to be rescued. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's that. Now, again, remember, we talked about how to pick a spiritual teacher, right? Yep. And we did a whole episode on it. This is going to be a similar sort of concept, you want to be certain that who you're journeying with is someone who knows what they're doing. Because I have seen people, even experienced magical people do stupid things like, oh, hey, let's journey into the fairy mound. Let's go into the fairy mound. That's an extraordinarily stupid idea. Let's never do that. Because time runs differently in the fairy mound. And you could go in and be catatonic for the rest of your life because you spent 
20 minutes in the ferry mound. Let's not do that. Okay. So, so you have to understand this sort of process and, and know what you're doing. And I'm scaring the crap out of you right now. Yeah, I know, you are. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really meaning to because journeying is generally a pretty easy thing to do. I'm just saying, you know, back in the day when I, when I was doing this stuff in the beginning, the only people who were teaching this stuff were people who were really into the practices and they, they were true students of the work. And it was easier to be safe back then because the only people who had a clue what this stuff was were people who were studying. Mm-hmm. Today, not so much. Right. You know, every marketer and their brother has decided that spirituality is the way to make money and they don't know what they're messing with. And they're just taking random things that they have found for free on the Internet and conglomerating them, just shoving them all together and going, oh, yeah, we'll just do this. It'll be fine. And it so isn't. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, vet someone before you decide to do their journeying because, yeah, it matters. Do you really want somebody who doesn't know what they're doing messing around with your subconscious? I don't. Nope. This is what I'm saying. Okay. So we've given the spirit chirpa warnings. There's your there's your warning. <laughs> what are some beginner steps that people can do to get started in journeying? Yes. So you could do a guided meditation with somebody else. Do a do a journey with someone else. Mm-hmm. And That's a good way to get started because that sort of forms a foundation of understanding for you of how it works. But I'm going to lay out the structure for you so that you can understand the process. Okay. The, the process is basically this, you go into an altered state of consciousness and the way in changes depending on who's taking you there. Uh, When I first started doing this work, I was mm, probably seven years old. Wow. Um, my mother brought home audio tapes that we would listen to and we would do these uh, guided meditations that are, you know, relaxation, self-hypnosis, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky enough to have it really ingrained into my being at that age. So I really got it. Basically the premise is this to, to get yourself into a trance state. There are several paths you can take. You can do the same thing over and over and over again. So stare at a candle flame and just stare at the candle flame and not think about anything and just stare at the candle flame and stare at the candle flame and just stay there. Eventually that will get you into a trans state. It's not a fast path. Right. You can do a process of going from the top of your head down to the tip of your toes in relaxing every single thing in order. That's the path that I learned when I was a child Close your eyes. Imagine that your, the, the muscles on your skull are relaxing. You can feel your ears relaxing. The muscles on your face are relaxing. And you just work your way down your entire body, releasing each and every muscle. It's a great stress reduction technique, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also a great way to put yourself into a, a self-imposed trance. Okay. The idea would be that you will give yourself some indicator of when to come out of the trance. That is not like startling, like an alarm. That's what you meant by keeping time for you. Right. Yeah. Maybe put on a 20 minute new age audio that you like. Mm -hmm. And when the, and and it should be one that you know, so that you know when it's coming to an end. Right. Because then it'll give you the warning you need to come back from your journey. 
And so the average journey takes somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes is usually what you're looking at, unless you're doing something much more intense, which if you're beginners, you shouldn't be doing. The other way you can get into trance is trance dancing. Mm -hmm. That'll get you there. And then you would fall on the ground and do your journey. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know. Okay, that I people who are dancers, they, they made like that path and yeah. that path may work for them. Uh, you can hum the same thing over and over again to yourself. You know, that will eventually put you into a trance. For those who are into BDSM, you can be on the receiving end of a flailing and that will also put you into a trance. Right. There are many different paths into trance. And if you search the internet, you can find any number of paths there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But basically what it comes down to is find a path that works for you. Right. And then you need to transition. So you, you trance transition. That's where we are now. The transition is how do I get from where I am to where I'm journeying? Now, if you're going to go talk to your spirit animal, you're going to want to go into the lower world. Usually that's done through a tree trunk. You know, you find a door in a tree and you either slide down or climb down or whatever. Okay. And you find yourself in the lower world and that's where the spirit animals and stuff are. If you're going to talk to your guides, then you're going to go into the upper world. You can also use a tree for that. You can climb the tree and go up onto the clouds and be in the upper world. You can have a cloud come pick you up and deposit you somewhere, right? Yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter. You can have a flying carpet if yeah. you want. That's fine. It's the visualization that works for you in that trance state. Exactly. So you just need something that takes you from here to there. If you want to stay in this world, then you'll need something that can transport you in this world as well. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with being in the middle world for doing your work. That's where all the fairies and the elves and the trolls and the, you know, blah, 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 as well as your own life exists. Depending on where you, what you want to journey for, that may determine where you go in your journey. And then... You have to show up and see what happens. (laughs) And so this is where we've been talking for a long time about learning how to speak the language of of symbology. Yes. Journeying is similar to dreams in that way, in that everything is very, very little is not symbolic. Let me put it that way. You know, sometimes they're going to look at you and tell you something straight up. Right. But that's rare. (laughs) And we did do an episode on omens, portents, rituals and journeys and how symbology and metaphor play roles in them. Right. And so that episode will help you with this. Yeah. The other one that would be helpful is the thinking symbolically episode. Thinking symbolically was episode 49 and the symbolism, uh, symbology and metaphor in Omens, Portents, Rituals, and Journeys was episode 70. Okay. The mythology episodes that we're doing are also going to be helpful for learning this as well. Mm -hmm. But if you're studying tarot, and we talked about this in the tarot and the Oracle Dex episodes, um, if you're studying tarot, then the symbology that you're learning from the tarot deck will also apply. Okay. And, And the symbology of your own life. I mean, some people have things that are specific to their own mythology, to their own life life symbology, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you have something that means something to you that it doesn't mean to anybody else, well, that's what it's going to mean for you in your mythology, in your inner mythology during journey work as well and in dreams, right? So your journey then becomes about, you know, who do you meet? What do you see? Where do you go along the way? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And so the biggest challenge that beginners have with self-guided journeys is this piece right here, (laughs) (laughs) because they're like, well, what am I supposed to do? And where am I supposed to go? And who is supposed to talk to me? And la, 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 right? The the answer to that question is there is no supposed to. Right. You're entirely operating on your intuition in this space. And so what you want to pay attention to, and nothing is irrelevant. That's the other thing I want to say. Nothing is irrelevant. So if you see a hill uh, on your right and you see a town on your left and you feel like you don't want to do either one of those because there's a cactus right in front of you and you want to go talk to the cactus, go talk to the cactus because the cactus wants to talk to you. This is what happens when you're on the journey. You want to just pay attention to what do you want to do? And I know for my peeps from Challenge Childhoods, what I want to do is not an obvious thing for us because we're so used to paying attention to what other people need us to do that our own wants are not there. But this is a great way to practice that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so pay attention to where you feel drawn to go. Where is your attention drawn to? Follow where your attention is drawn. Don't try and overthink it. This is literally about letting go of thinking okay, and trying to figure out this is the ultimate path to, you know, how the law of attraction talks about not worrying about the how, right? Yep. That's, it's all about set your intention and don't worry about the how yep. this space is the perfect practice grounds for letting go of the how, because it doesn't operate according to the normal rules of physics and, you know, whatever because it's operating at the energetic level and at the subconscious and astral level, depending on where you are in the process, right? And so this is a great place to practice your manifesting too, because you cannot worry about the how. If you get into thinking about the how, you are going nowhere on your journey. Okay. You will stand in the middle of the desert and stare around and go, what now? I don't know what to do. And that'll be your entire journey for the whole 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Because you're stuck in your how. So you have to be willing to just allow what is going to unfold to unfold and to follow where you feel called to go, to just follow your attention with intention. Okay. So let's talk about why you journey right now, because it's relevant in this space. There's a variety of different reasons. You can journey to meet your power animals. You can journey to talk to your guides. You can journey to get an answer to a question, to get some advice, to figure out what your next step on the path is, to go deeper into yourself to, to come into better relationship with yourself around something. Uh, for instance, you know, you want to meet your inner child. Okay. So you could journey to meet your inner child, yeah. right? You can journey to talk to the fairy realm. You can journey, you know, to talk to, uh, you know, anything, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you can go into the, the journey world to talk to ghosts even. Okay. You just go into the astral to do that. So where you go is dependent upon where you intend to go. If you don't set an intention, you'll end up someplace random. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And sometimes that might be okay if that's what you're intending is, hey, I just want to go where I need to go today. Right. Where I'm drawn. Where should I go today that would be most useful for me? Or where should I go that would be most fun? Mm -hmm. Wherever you set your intention is what you're going to get. We journey for a lot of different reasons is really what it comes down to. Anything that you're questioning, you can find out in a journey world with the caveat, (laughs) (laughs) again, the caveat that you should not be invading other people's thoughts 
and feelings in this space, right? So if you're going, I wonder if my boyfriend loves me, which is often people's questions or where's my, where's my true love? Yep. You know, where's my twin flame and be careful what you ask for with that one. Um, (laughs) But when you are asking about someone else, you can get information about it, but be very careful not to intend to go into the other person's energy about it or into their mind. That's not fair. It's not okay. And they will feel it and they won't trust you ever again. Yeah. So, and they won't know why Mm -hmm. they'll just suddenly want to pull away from you because you feel icky and that's because you were icky. So don't, don't be icky. Don't be icky. Don't be icky. Yeah. That's good advice in general. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, you know, any number of reasons why we journey, right? Okay. So, let me let me take an example. I yeah, want to just sort of walk you through one. So the question of does my boyfriend love me? Mm-hmm. That's a great one to, to work with because it's very specific. Mm-hmm. So you may go into your journey and question, does my boyfriend love me? And you may find yourself standing in front of your boyfriend. And this will be a symbolic answer. Okay. So... You find yourself standing in front of your boyfriend and uh, you may see something that is him looking at you and paying attention to you and handing you something or, you know, giving you something or whatever. That probably means, yeah, he, he's, he's engaged. If he's turned the other way and looking away from you and no matter where you stand, he keeps turning away, you're probably screwed. These are really obvious answers, but oftentimes when you first start, You're going to be like, well, I want a verbal answer. You're not going to get a verbal answer. You need to learn to see, read, and accept the symbolic answer because that's the language that this world talks in. Okay. You're not going to go into the the other world and have him say, I don't love you or I do love you. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. It rarely happens in words unless it's specifically directed to. And with someone who is withholding, So if you're not sure if your boyfriend loves you, he's probably withholding. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Which means that he's, he doesn't want to hand you the answer. So you're really going to have to see the answer in the symbology. So let's sort of touch on that a little bit, because you talked about not being the icky person and, Mm -hmm. and not going into somebody's space. That question is a very specific question, like you said, mm-hmm. which is a good one for journeying. But how do you control the way you get that answer? How do you avoid going into their space? Where does that answer come from if it's not from them? So what you're doing is you're you're going into the middle world and you're interacting with his energy in the middle world. Okay. And in the middle world, what you're seeing is you're seeing not just what he's intending to put out, but all the other energetic elements that are around him. Okay. Right. So if you're dating a narcissist, you might end up being on the outside of a throng of people looking in and at him, or he might be chronically distracted by all the things in his life and not paying any attention to you whatsoever. That would be an indicator that you're dating a narcissist, right? But this is, this is not about going into his head. You're not asking to go into his head. You're mm-hmm. asking to talk about the, the energy that surrounds him. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the energies because we all are magnets, right? This is how law of attraction works. Okay. We surround ourselves with the energy of our intentions and our beliefs. And his intentions and beliefs are surrounding his energy. And okay. so you can see that in his energy field. So without having to invade him personally, okay? Interesting. A more general journey Mm -hmm. might be 
Kathy used to do a beautiful journey where she would take people out to the edge of the world and let them see uh, the fullness of the expression of their truest selves. And that's, that's a wonderful journey to mm-hmm. do as well. And that, that intention is sufficient. Just walk to the end of the world, look into the sky and see the fullest expression of your truest self. Or you can journey into the future and talk to your future self. You can journey into the past and talk to your past self. You can have conversations with ascended masters, mm-hmm. with your spirit guides, with, you know, how you could call up Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, let's have a conversation. Journeying is, is only limited by your imagination. So... We've talked about what happens while you're there. Yep. Trance, transition, journey. Yep. And now we have to come back. Yes, so we need we another transition back. Now, here's the key. You want to transition back the same way you came. Okay. There's a bookending process that's important to this. Okay. And so you want to come back the same way you came in reverse order. Okay. So if you came... Uh, you know, over the mountain, through the woods yep. to get to grandmother's house. You have to go through the woods and over the mountain to get home. Yep. So you've got to do it in reverse order. You can't do it in the same order because that'll confuse things and it unsettles your psyche to do yep. it that way. So if you came down a slide, you might have to climb up the slide, mm-hmm. you know, which is why many people climb down ladders instead of coming down slides because it's harder to get back up the slide. Right. Once you come back to your body, you want to fully seat yourself back into your body. Mm-hmm. Now, the same process is true in reverse as you're coming out of the trance. So however you got into the trance is how you should come out of the trance. But you can do a much more foreshortened version of it. Okay. If you did the head to toe relaxation, you'll start to become aware of your toes. Yep. And then you'll become aware of your ankle. You'll wiggle your toes and you'll become aware of your ankles and you move your ankles and then you'll move your knees back and forth and then twist and shake on your hips and then bring your chest up and your shoulders forward and, you know, twist your neck and then, you know, until you're fully seated in your body. Right. So however you got into the trance is how you come out, but it can, it, it will be much, much faster. Okay. And that is a journey right there. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to want to sit down and journal. Okay. I was just going to ask, you had mentioned writing it down after. Yeah. This is an important step. It is an important step because uh, one of the things that happens because you're in an altered state, it can be very easy to forget mm-hmm. all the pieces that happened. Yeah. It's, it's like coming out of a dream. You remember it for the first 15 minutes you're awake. And so long as you keep writing about it, you'll probably pick up more pieces. But if you get up and go do something else, the dream's just going to disappear, right? right? This is a very similar process. So you want to come out of it and start writing down what your journey was, all the different symbols that you saw along the way, because right now you may not understand those symbols, but six months from now, when you go back and reread, you'll be like, oh my God, they they gave me that symbol back then. How did I miss that? Right. Right, exactly. You know, we talked about before about my dream about the, Twin Towers, you know, in February of that year, I had a dream of a plane hitting, it was only a four story building, but a plane hitting a building twice. And I didn't find that until like three years later. Right. And I went, holy crap, I dreamed about it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but it's, it's one of those things that, that if I hadn't written, I had completely forgotten about the dream. Mm -hmm. And if I hadn't written it down, I wouldn't have remembered at all that I'd had that. When you're doing this, you do want to write it down because if you journey regularly, you will find that spirit talks to you regularly through that journeying process. 
don't think that it's just the journey process that talks to you. People get into this trap of thinking, oh, well, it, you know, this is what they're telling me when I'm journeying. This is what they're telling me in my dreams. And this is what they're telling me over here. And the answer is no. The messages are all the same. They're all across all platforms. Mm -hmm. So think of it like uh, your friend couldn't reach you on Facebook. So they tried you on LinkedIn yep. and then they couldn't reach you on LinkedIn. So they texted you. Yep. Right. It's the same concept but in energetic form. Right. So all the messages could come together to tell the story better too. Exactly. Yeah. You may get pieces and parts from a variety of different areas. And, and sometimes it's the waking dream that gives you those. Right. I had a whole bunch of things show up around cancer mm -hmm. and, you know, I got my message from that, you know, and yep. from some other stuff and, and from a dream and from my husband's dream that he told me. Right. And, you know, it was just like, it's like putting all the pieces together and going, ah, there it is. Yeah. So that's the sort of piece that you're looking at is, is it's, you're aggregating information. The better you become at identifying patterns and at reading the symbology of the world and your life and your dreams and your journeys, the better you'll get at receiving messages that are being sent to you. Because, you know, some of these messages are coming from your guides, but some of them are coming from the world. They're right. coming from the collective consciousness. You know, my guides didn't send me the dream about the airplanes. They, they didn't. They, right. they, that came out of the collective zeitgeist of the shock that was about to come. And, you know, that echoed forward and backward in time. And so that's where that dream came from. It wasn't my guides going, hey, you need to know, because it wasn't relevant to me. So that was me just picking it up from the collective zeitgeist. So what you're looking for is how to aggregate all of this. This is how we integrate spirituality and awareness into our daily lives is by paying attention to all of these pieces and parts that exist around us. And you can't do that if you're not present. Right, exactly. So if you're constantly worried about what you got to do next, or you're constantly thinking about what happened in your past, you are going to miss 90% of the stuff that you're being presented with that could help you improve your circumstances. Right. And sometimes does it help not to try to force an understanding of the the messages during the journey and just sort of take it all in and write Absolutely. it down and consume it later? Absolutely. And during the journey is not the time to try and figure it out. Right. And even when you're getting a bunch of messages, if it doesn't go click and you don't go, oh, that's it, then let it go and and let it I call it sitting in the soup, you know, where you're just sort of letting it be. And I'm just sort of percolating in the soup until, you know, I'm going, is the soup ready? Nope. Is it soup yet? Nope. Yeah. Is it soup yet? Nope. And then when you go the, ah, that's when it's soup. So if you don't get an immediate answer, don't go looking for one. Right. Just let it go and, and percolate in the soup and just keep paying attention. Yeah. But not like trying to force the attention. Just live your life yep. and be aware. Be, be aware. Just trust that it'll show up when you when you need to know. The problem is we go into fear. So if somebody else had had cancer, cancer, cancer show up around them, they'd be like, oh, do I have cancer? Does somebody I love have cancer? Ah, you know, yeah. and, and if you do that, you're never going to get all the messages <laughs> because right. you're too entrenched in your own fear. And you're probably going to start manifesting that. So cut that shit out, right? <laughs> right. You got to stay out of the fear. If you stay out of the fear and the need to control which we all have. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we do the mastering spiritual evolution processes so that we don't have to feel like we have to be afraid and in control all the time. But 
if you can stay out of that, then you can sit in the soup of it and and be with it. So we've talked about the masculine and feminine spiritual paths, right? Yep. The masculine path is the thinking path. It's the the letting go. This process is a very feminine process. It's a very embodied beingness place to be. And so for those of you who may be coming to this podcast recently, Mm-hmm. For one, go back and start from the beginning. We're talking advanced concepts here. <laughs> so go back and start from the beginning so that you'll understand as you, what they are as you get further on. But the thing that you want to pay attention to is it, it, the challenge is that most of the spiritual practices you've done in your life have been masculine processes. And so the feminine process is very difficult for people, especially in the Western world. Easterners have much an easier time of this because they grew up with meditation and, you know, all of that. And so it's easier for them, but we don't have a process of beingness in the Western world. We are in doingness all the time, right? especially those of us from challenged childhoods who are trying to do to be worthy. The process of beingness is kind of alien to us, right? Yeah. <laughs> when we start. So when I'm saying this and you're looking at me going, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, this is hard. I, I know it's hard. I'm sorry. And it's it's a practice. Right. I think that we have touched on all of the journeying pieces. Is there anything else that we need to be aware of? Because... This sounds like a fun toy to play with a little bit. It is a fun toy. It's not super dangerous if you do it no. responsibly, right? Yes, it is. It, it is not very dangerous at all if you do it responsibly. And it's actually safer to journey for yourself than it is to go journeying with somebody else that you don't know whether or not they know what they're talking about. So I would really highly recommend practicing it yourself. Okay. Um, don't go places that are emotionally charged for you, mm-hmm. right? So don't go into your deepest, darkest fear because there's nobody to drag you out. Right. You know, stay away from the things. If, if you think, oh, I'm going to go here and you go, <gasps> don't go there. Right. Okay, that's a journey you take with someone who can monitor you and can help guide you. That is not a journey you take by yourself. If you're terrified, don't go there. Okay. Okay, that's a safety tip. Okay, so let me ask this. There are a lot of guided meditations on Mm -hmm. the YouTube. Yes. Everybody's doing guided meditations to help people through. You are talking about doing guided meditations. I will be in my program, yeah. yeah. How are people to know which ones are good and which ones are a little risky. Well, and this is why I'm saying you need to know who's doing them. Okay. It's less about the journey itself and more about whether or not the person has a clue. Okay. Right. So get to so know the person you're... Get to know the yeah. person and, and you know, really take a critical eye and go, does this person know what they're talking about or are they blowing smoke? And if they're blowing smoke at all, <laughs> at all, do <laughs> not away. journey with them. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right, folks, you're going to have questions and there's going to be answers. (laughs) We have answers and there's going to be some answers Kelly's going to need to give you. So come and join us in the Spirit Chirper podcast after party group in Facebook and talk about what your thoughts are for journeying. Have you journeyed before? What's your experience been? Um, Do you have questions or concerns about journeying that haven't been hit on here? That's a great place to ask those questions. Talk to your fellow Spirit Sherpa listeners who might have some experience in this as well. Come there and tell us what you're thinking. And I'm there and I answer questions too. Absolutely. The other thing I want to remind people of is that I do have my programs. Yes. Inner Peace 101 is the beginning of the process. Mm -hmm. 
And that is eight weeks that will take you from a place of emotional lack of safety to mm-hmm. a place of emotional safety. Okay. And so you won't have that fear, worry, dread, anxiety, inner and outer judgments, and just this general sense of hypervigilance that's going on around you of what's going on around you. So that would be step one. And within that, we also do some energetic work. We, okay. we do stuff on uh, setting up protections for your house and for you. And we do work with the tarot cards and we do, we, we do a lot of work with the energies and with stories and things like that. So if you're looking to improve your life and you're looking to improve your magical or energetic practice, this would be the path to take. Okay. And if that's something you're interested in, go to my website at kellysparta.com and click on the discovery call button on the right-hand side, just slightly down and please sign up for a discovery call. I would love to talk to you. All right. Anything you want to say as we wrap up here? Journey well. (laughs) Journey well. Okay, (laughs) folks, that is all that we have for this week, but be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye-bye. Travel over thirteen thousand now. So I leave behind a little Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.